Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. Uh, we have a great show for you this uh, week. We're going to get caught up on uh, a lot of player news, uh, actually a lot of former player news. Uh, Matt Bolesky, uh, Ryan Whitney, Todd Ewan, all in the news. Uh, also Clayton Stoner um, with some bear trouble uh, that we're going to cover as well. Um, we'll recap also some of the prospect uh, camp that's been going on, the training camp uh, as it's in progress now. Um, but uh, let's look at some of the former Ducks, Eddie. Uh, recently in the news, uh, this this story is a little bit older. I meant to put it up a little bit sooner, but uh, Matt Bolesky, um, he participated along with several players, uh, Connor McDavid, um, Tanner Pearson of the Kings, and a bunch of uh, other players around the NHL in uh, Hockey Night in Barrie, which was a uh, another good event uh, similar to the one that Haglund had played in over in Sweden. Um, this one in Canada to raise funds for the local hospital there, Eddie. Yeah, it's uh, I believe a bunch of guys from up in that in that area, or at least in, in and around that area, just having Eddie a tournament Hoff- to play hockey and being able to raise money for charity. And I mean, you you see it often, like you said, with Haglund in, in Sweden, and you know, obviously coming before Subban's big donation. But you know, uh, it's nice to see a lot of players getting involved in in, in charity, and you know, we hopefully get to see it more often. Yeah, definitely. It was, a, I guess, a good event. If you uh, go look on the uh, the website, um, you can look and see there's a video of Matt Bolesky and there's a promo video of the event as well, so you can catch up on some of the action there on DucksandPucks.com. Um, another former player that was in the news, uh, Ryan Whitney. Uh, he finally retired uh, after several seasons in the, in the uh, NHL. Um, he actually didn't play last year in the NHL. He played in Russia, but uh, he announced his retirement today via Twitter. Um, we put that out there. Um, he also uh, was involved in that trade, Eddie, that a lot of people aren't really happy about. A lot of people brought up to my attention again today, as I as I had included in the article. But uh, as you remember, he was with the Ducks for just uh, two seasons, uh, two partial seasons, that is, and he was involved in the uh, the Chris Kunitz trade. Yeah, and you know, obviously, it's not any big news regarding the Ducks. Like you said, only being there for for two seasons and being part of that that trade that not a people a lot of people remember fondly. But you know, I, I when any player um, that used to play for the Ducks retires or or does something, we we end up hearing a little bit about it from the fans. And obviously, like you said, um, getting a lot of flack from people uh, about the the trade that happened with with sending Kunitz away, and you know, still still resonates with some of the fans. Yeah, you know, I was I was surprised, uh, not so much that uh, you know that a reaction came out of the fans because I knew it would come up as soon as I posted it, but uh, <laughs> some funny comments, you know, people saying, "Hey, let's thank you know thank Pittsburgh," and you know, they're they're pro- or, I mean, they should thank us. Uh, excuse me, uh, you know, because of Kunin's going over there, and then obviously you know the success that the Penguins have had in the last uh, several years since then as well. Um, so. You know, it's just kind of lighthearted humor today, but um, that's what happened. Uh, Whitney's retired, um, and that's, uh, you know, just some more former news. And, and then uh, uh, some other news that came out this week and some uh, extremely sad news. Um, Todd Ewan, one of the original Mighty Ducks, passed away uh, on Saturday. And uh, one of the updates that just came out um, today on Sunday is that it's believed that he actually committed suicide by shooting himself. So, it, it's it's very unfortunate. Um, Todd Ewan was a, a big time fan favorite. 
Um, Eddie, if you remember, he uh, would protect Korea and Solani back in the Mighty Duck days when you know the Ducks really only had one offensive line. But uh, he was a stand-up guy and, and was there for all the teammates. Yeah, and you know this is going to spark uh, another investigation into the role of the enforcer and and how the impact um, of that role has on the player and and his life after hockey. And you know we've seen that a lot with you know Derek Bugard and. You know other other guys who have seemingly taken their life um, after being in that role for so many years in the, in the NHL, and you know this, it's definitely going to come up again. And, and if concussions and and fighting and 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 playing in that role, you know, has an uh, has an effect on them. And, and you know, it's obviously unfortunate to to see again, even you know, if he didn't end up killing himself. But you know, it, it, it's just something that they're going to have to look into. Yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. Um... You know, Calgary, there was some news out of Calgary that reported it as, you know, being what it is. Of course, it's uh, still under investigation by the police, um, you know, so it appears to be that way. Um, we'll, when we find out more information, we'll obviously update it on the website or on the social media. But uh, either way, just extremely sad. You know, uh, Todd Newman was only 49 years old. Um, he was just a really, really good guy. Uh, you know, he, he stood up for the team, uh, fought hard. Um, and like you said, the, you know, role of the enforcer is definitely something that's going to, um, come to issue, I, I would think for the, uh, NHL for the next couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a reoccurring issue too. And, and like I said, with the, with the former players and, and this already being an issue, it's, it's just unfortunate to see it keep coming up. And I mean, every time it happens, it, it becomes a big, you know, a big deal around the league and, and. You know, you would think that you would you would hope that it doesn't have to something like this has to happen for them to continually investigate it. But you know, luckily we we see that role diminishing in the NHL today, and hopefully this isn't as much a problem um, in the future. Yeah, exactly, Eddie. Um, and, and moving along into some more news, uh, some more unfortunate news. We had uh, current Ducks player uh, Clayton Stoner um, was actually charged. Uh, with several different counts uh, in Vancouver uh, related to a, a bear hunting incident in May of 2013, Eddie. Uh, it came up, and, and it looks like uh, his court date is going to be October 9th, the day before the Ducks play the, the Sharks. So we're going to have to see how that goes. Um, but it's kind of an interesting situation, Eddie, uh, being in Vancouver. You know, they, they actually allow this if you have a permit to hunt bears uh for sport yeah you know i'm i'm not too familiar with with the the charges being you know placed against them and and how the laws work in that area for for hunting but i mean it, it could end up being a pretty serious situation i don't think it's up there with you know the current patrick kane situation and and all of the problems coming out of la as well but you know it's an issue that you that we're gonna have to keep track of because if it doesn't get resolved by the start of the season we he may not um, be able to suit up yeah, and that's that's a question that our, our buddy Dr. Fowl uh, had uh, off Twitter. He he wanted to know how the Ducks would address it and whatnot. And looking into some of the things that I've seen, uh, it looks like it's a fine. That's only the real issue. Um, it doesn't look like it carries any jail time. Um, they're saying that the fine is is usually about twenty five thousand um, in U.S. Uh, could go as high as two hundred fifty thousand um, from what the uh, Vancouver Sun reported in this article eddie so you know i think that's what's going to happen uh you know obviously i don't know we're gonna have to let it play out in court um but uh you know 
Uh, a lot of people are upset about it, and I, and I agree with them. I, I don't think hunting uh, for sport is, is a way to go, and it's unfortunate that it had to be stoner. But um, I also have to question kind of the uh, Vancouver uh, government there. Uh, they had a poll recently where close to 90% of the people are against this, and uh, they actually allow it, and you can go get a permit. So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. Um, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, negative press towards stoner, but uh, you know, I, I hope the Vancouver government kind of looks at this because uh, one, it happened two years ago, which is kind of interesting that now it's coming up and, and he's being charged right at the beginning of the uh, you know the preseason. I find that kind of kind of odd. Um, so I mean, there's more issues to this. I think there's a much bigger story, and I, I just hope that. You know, people look at the whole entire story, and not just everything aimed at Stone already. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's going to be as big a deal as um, you know the the Patrick Kane situation, like I mentioned, and and Voinov and and Stolen Richards, and, and and how the Ducks are going to have to deal with it, and you know, obviously with uh, Richards' contract being terminated as well as Stolen and, and Voinov being deported to the states, and and the Patrick Kane situation still up in the air. Um, you know, I, I don't see it being that that big of an issue on how it's going to be dealt with. Like you said, he'll he'll probably just be fined if anything, and won't really face any jail time. So I don't think there's any need for the for the team to carry out any further action after that. So I think uh, if it all gets resolved, even if he has to pay a fine and he's found guilty, I, I still think he will be an Anaheim Duck player and he'll be able to play hockey. So, but uh, you know, on the moral issue of the side, like you said, with the, the Vancouver government and. And how you know a lot of people uh, don't want this this law to be in place anymore, and you know that's, it's hard to speak from from that point of view when when I'm not living in that area. But I mean, uh, it's something they're going to have to look at and, and you know uh, address as a as a whole uh, you know community. Yeah, exactly. And just in case people aren't aware, uh, Eddie lives on the eastern part of Canada, Toronto, so he's he's not over on the Vancouver side. So. You know, uh, I'm not going to um, have you, uh, you know, quote or state for their side of the uh, the country. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that we're going to have to keep our eye on and see what happens. I, and I don't think, like you said, it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, I, I think it'll get resolved and it, and it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, and, but, you know, it is unfortunate. You know, uh, hunting for sport is, is something that I'm not, I'm not really a fan of either. So hopefully um, it'll get addressed. Um, also going on uh, in, in the news recently is uh, the Ducks opened up their training camp this weekend. Uh, actually went one day, and I, I plan to go to at least a couple more days uh, this week, Eddie. And um, one thing that I noticed, a, a big change in the strategy uh, in the uh, training that the Ducks have been doing is that they've been practicing for a three-on-three play pretty often. Um, they've had a scrimmage um, Saturday, uh, Sunday, and they're going to have one Monday. Uh, and basically what they're doing is, is they're doing the five on five, uh, 20 minute, um, halves or periods, if you would, is what they're calling them. And then they're finishing up, uh, doing three on three, uh, preparation of the new rules. And it's pretty interesting. Um, some of the combinations out there that were thrown around is, um, they had uh, Perry with Vatnin and Lindholm. They had another one with Fowler, Sekach and Richie. Uh, there was another of, uh, Kessler, Silverberg and Fowler. So, there's a lot of uh, interesting combinations. You know, we talked about this, Eddie, and, and it's going to be interesting to see who's going to play with who uh, when, if a game, you know, ends up tied and they have to end up doing the three-on-three uh, -three session. Yeah, and I think that's just the coaching staff, uh, you know, trying to figure out who's their best options and, and you know, who can provide the most uh, in a three-on-three -three situation. Obviously, it's new um, in, in the way it's being presented, and, you know, you have to find out, just like, uh, you know, when you set up a power player, apparently you have to find out who, who are the best combinations that you can throw out there to to try and win you the game and 
you know, it's going to be in, in a, a clutch situation in the game in, in overtime. So um, you want to put out the, the best, you know, line. Obviously, you could just say, oh, well, let's send out Perry, Getzloff, and, and Kessler. But, you know, that doesn't always work. And them getting a head start, uh, you know, it's not too surprising. And, and it's nice to see from, from Boudreaux's uh, side. Yeah, and you know another thing that I noticed too in this practice is the uh, the level of enthusiasm is extremely high. Um, Pairing uh, Kessler kind of went at it yesterday, uh, kind of fencing with the sticks. So they're out there uh, doing their thing. You can tell that they're you know ready to go and motivated. Um, Brookbank uh, actually looked pretty good. He scored a goal yesterday in the uh, the scrimmage on Saturday, uh, and Vesneski was out there playing tough as well. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, what do you think about Vishnesky and Brookbank? Uh, a lot of people are talking about both these guys, but it, it seems like uh, many people are, are calling them long shots to make the actual uh, team. Yeah, I know we discussed this with Thomas on, on last week's podcast, and I mean they'd have to to really impress to to make a, a shot at uh, at the lineup. I mean the, the top six, you know, barring anything happening with Stoner, we're, we're pretty certain that those are the, the six guys who are going to start and. Even if something happens to Stoner, it's hard to see one of these guys jumping up in front of Manson or even Thador or Montour or some other of the younger guys that are that are in the system. And even Shane O'Brien is down in the NH in the AHL as well. So there's a lot of competition for them to jump in front of. And I think they'd have to do something outstanding to to prove to the coaching staff that they deserve a, a top six or, or seventh position on the starting roster. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think both of them are going to be difficult to, you know, crack the starting lineup. Though we, you know, may see them in San Diego, uh, for sure. Um, you know, another thing about the uh, San Diego team, if you look at it, I mean, the San Diego team is really going to compete for the Calder Cup. I mean, you're talking about Theodore and Richie maybe having uh, Brookbank and Vishnesky down there join the team. Shane O'Brien, um, we talked about Gibson being down there for a while. You know, it's going to be uh, fun times for people to watch hockey in California because uh, not only uh, are you going to have the Ducks that are going to do well, but it, it looks like the goals are going to be a pretty uh, good team, Eddie, to compete this year. Yeah, and that, that's the advantage of, of having a lot of your top prospects uh, able to step out of the, their junior teams and, and play in the NHL and, and having such a deep NHL roster where, where they're able to you know, not jump up right away and get a you know an AHL season or two under their belt, and it's going to be fun for people in in their first season possibly um, of, of San Diego hockey where they, they could end up making a, a run for the Calder Cup. And you know, I'm sure we all hope that it'd be it'd be great for the rookies to get some you know competitive hockey in, in a longer season under their belts, and you know, it'd be it would be great for the organization to get to get a, a win in their first season. Oh yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. Especially uh, we talked about this too—the advantage of being, you know, just down the five freeway, um, you know, and even if that's jammed up, uh, you know, there's the train as an option too to to get the players uh, going back and forth between Anaheim and San Diego and uh, keep fresh down there. So it's going to be exciting to watch down there. Um, another uh, you know issue that comes up uh, that we've talked about with the team is the uh, the first line uh, left wing. And uh, I was kind of curious to see they had Haglin up there with uh, Getzloff and then Stewart on the on the right wing. Um, you know they switch out some of the groups, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much emphasis on Stewart being up there. But I thought it was interesting. You know Haglin was on the first line, so um, there's no indication obviously of what's going to happen for sure. But uh, it would be interesting, Eddie, if they if they do take Maroon off that that top line and put uh, Haglin up there to get more speed. I, I think it would create a lot more. 
uh, scoring opportunities. I mean, they're already there, but they create even more for Getzloff and Perry. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, but when you look at training camp rosters and, and the way the lines are set up, those change pretty much at, you know, every every scrimmage that they have. And, and I guess the coach just trying to move guys around the lineup and, and get familiar playing with, with everybody on the team. Just you, know, you don't want to get them too comfortable on, on one line where they, they're not able to move up and down the lineup. And you know, we see that you know every season Boudreaux likes to move guys up and down whenever he feels that there's a, an advantage playing them on a different line. And you know, playing Haglin up there with Getzoff and, and Perry would definitely create a lot more scoring chances, but it could also take away from some of the secondary scoring. So I'm sure they'll work out you know a, a good you know top six uh, of who they think are going to play well together, and the the bottom lines will end up sorting themselves out. Yeah, and you bring up a good point there, too, and this is something I talked to some of the fans uh, when I was at Anaheim Ice, is when you see these lineups uh, right now, like you said, you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt because, as you mentioned, they're changed um, not only daily, but they're actually changed between the sessions. I mean, if you sit there um, and you go for the different sessions, uh, you know, because it's from 9 to 3 pretty much um, these last uh, four or five days, um, you know, you're going to see different people skating with different people regardless. So I try to tell people, you know, uh, they're, they're obviously, you know, playing with the lines and doing things, but we have a lot of new players, a lot of things to fill out. And, uh, as you said, Eddie, you know, it's just a, a way to get everybody familiar. So, you know, nothing's set in stone. Um, but uh, like I said, it just, it just makes it interesting if some speed is added to the top line. Oh yeah, for sure, and and that's something we haven't seen in a while. Or, and uh, you know, we've tried Sekatch up there for a couple games last season. A lot of people liked how that looked, and you know, with the more of, and you know, Edom's been up there too. Um, you know, last season and a couple seasons before that as well. So, you know, having that option is always nice. And then having a, you know a complete opposite player pretty much, and, and Patrick Maroon is another option to put up there if uh, you know it gives you good ability to match up against different teams. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we'll keep everybody up to date on all that. Um, we put up one little summary of the first two days. Um, I hope to get there uh, on Monday, and I'll put up another summary of days three and four. And then, obviously, you know, we'll roll into the preseason. Um, Tuesday, the Ducks have their first preseason game against Colorado in Colorado. And then on Friday, the 25th, I'll be there. It's, uh, we'll be hosting the, uh, the Kings that night, and the uh, scoreboard will be officially revealed. I know a lot of you have seen photos and whatnot, but the official scoreboard reveal will be there when it's actually lit up and you can see um, the way it's going to function, which is, it's going to be um, you know, really, really exciting. It's gonna, it looks really, really good. So that's going to be coming up your way. Um, another little thing that came up, too, um, there's a video of Brian Kessler talking about this season and what the Ducks need to do, and it brought up some questions. I don't know if you saw the video, Eddie, but in the video, uh, Ryan Kessler is wearing the A on his uh, jersey. So a lot of people are asking, hey, is he the alternate captain? Um, so it's kind of interesting to see. I did talk to some people from the Ducks. Um, there's nothing official yet. But it seems like there's a pretty good chance, Eddie, that he's going to be the alternate captain. Yeah, well, it'd be kind of hard for, for you to think that he would just put on a jersey with an A on it. Or like It's not like it, it's his own jersey with an A on it. I mean, if it would would they really give it to him to put on if they weren't if he wasn't the guy receiving it this season. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty much set in stone that, that he's the guy who's going to get it. And like we said before, it's pretty well well deserved. I mean, there's a lot of guys in candidacy to, to get the A, but, I mean, Kessler is, uh, 
is definitely a deservable candidate after you know how he led a lot of guys when when Getzloff was having struggles in, in the playoffs last year and, and definitely throughout the season as well. So I think it, it it's a, a good appointment and you know we just have to wait for it to be official now. Yeah, and that's kind of the feeling I got from uh, some of the, uh, the uh, people from the Ducks. You know, they they couldn't say officially on the record, but uh, it looks like that's going to be the way. And uh, you know, we did that poll question with it too, and and I think I can't remember the exact uh, percentage, but uh, we had an overwhelming majority that had picked Kessler to be the alternate captain, and then obviously uh, the runner-up was Andrew Pagano, who wouldn't have been a bad pick as well. So um, that looks like uh, how it's going to go, though. Um, I haven't heard any other changes. I'm pretty sure Perry's still going to be the alternate. Obviously, Getzloff's still the captain. So, um, but just look for that official announcement. I'm, I'm sure it'll come out, you know, within the next um, couple of weeks. Here, uh, we also have a you know series of uh, fan questions again, Eddie. Uh, you know that we got from people from social media. So, turn to those and try and answer some of the questions for you. Um, we had Noah off Twitter that uh, asked, "Can the Ducks go all the way this year and win the Stanley Cup championship?" So what do you think, Eddie? I mean, we talked about it, but I mean, what do you think? Go all the way? Yeah, I think with the the additions and and you know adding more depth and and some more veterans to the locker room and you know uh, Sekach as a rookie getting in a you know getting into a sophomore season and Silverberg uh, you know coming off signing a four year contract extension. So I think all these things coming together, if uh, we can get some great goaltending from Anderson again, uh, I think we have a really good shot. I mean, we're up there with. You know, probably you know, if you had to pick three teams who had a chance at the Cup, we'd definitely be in there. So, um, you know, I think the Pacific Division is going to be tough, like we talked about. But you know, they they should win it and and you know make a long run in the playoffs and, and you know hopefully go all the way. I think obviously that's the goal of the team this year. And uh, you know they had those um, T-shirts that that they brought out. You know that that said they uh, close but not close enough or, or something along those lines so they they have to get the, that extra distance this year and i think they have what it takes yeah i mean it's it's interesting um to look at the team now see how they're doing in the depth and i think if you look at the depth like we've mentioned probably i don't even remember how many times eddie but the the depth of this team especially at the center position um you know when thompson comes back uh, we've mentioned this before you've got getzloff kessler obviously one and two You've got Santarelli, Raquel, Horkoff, Thompson, and then also Wagner as well at the AHL. You've got you know the potential to to have a team. Uh, obviously, Wagner would probably stay down. You wouldn't have them all up there, but I mean, you have a potential to play a team with five or six centers in a game. Um, and I was talking about this the other day with one of my other buddies. I mean, it's a huge advantage when you can roll out a line uh, and on a third or fourth uh, line and have two guys that can take the faceoff setting. I think you know that's going to be in terms of depth is one of the biggest keys for the Ducks uh, heading into this season. Yeah, and you know depending on on how well Raquel has progressed and and his role at center, you, you know you've got Horkoff and, and when Thompson comes back and and Getzloff um, and obviously Kessler is one of the best you know faceoff winners in the league. Just having those options and having a lot of guys who can come off the wing like Sandrelli as well and, and take faceoffs if, if somebody gets thrown out it's just a, a great option to have and you know depth at center we everybody talks about it around the league and you know it, it's it's so important and, and and you know obviously having that one too but also having those supporting guys who who can win big faceoffs as well takes the pressure off the big guys yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, one other thing that I, we've talked about, too, is, you know, this Ducks team is going to be um, entertaining, too, Eddie. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I'm going to 
say that the, the number of fights is going to be a little bit higher this year. If you look at the people that the Ducks added, you know, you bring in Stewart, Shane O'Brien, uh, McGratton, you already have Jackman on there, Maroon. Um, you have these guys, uh, and Bieksa too, if you, if you look at those guys and you look at the, uh, the number of fighting uh, penalties that they had last year, it exceeded the entire Ducks team last year. So this Ducks team, I, I think, is probably closest to the 2006-2007 team. I think really that they have depth at center. They've added speed, obviously, um, having Hagelin come in. Stewart's also speed, uh, got speed as well. Um, and they've got, you know, grit. I mean, this team really has it all. It's a complete team, and um, I just don't see any reason why they can't get to the Stanley Cup, at least, you know, the final, Eddie. Yeah, and like like you just said, having all those things together is why they have such a good chance. You know, they've always had, had size, and, and that's, you know, kind of the structure that, the, that they built on over the last few seasons, and then, you know, bringing them some faster players, and you know, and, and Sekach and, and now Hagland and, you know, having the those, you know, just everything together, the size, the speed, the skill, just, you know, having that all together is going to make them a pretty dangerous team this season. And, and you know, to go with that, that kind of that kind of goes into our next question from uh, James off Twitter. You know, he asks, um, you know, a lot of fans talk about this year as a make it or break it year. Um, and he asks, you know, is it premature with the core already locked up um, with the, uh, the the cap increases and the trade options, you know, and what the Ducks have with the RFAs? Um, and, and I think it's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't think it is a make it or break it year necessarily. I mean, yes, I do think that they can go all the way. And yes, they should go all the way. But I, I think you agree with me, Eddie. I, I think this Ducks team is going to be good for several years. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a make it or break it. I think that the goal and, and anything below, you know, making it either back to the conference final or into the Stanley Cup finals is disappointing. But uh, I don't think if they don't get that far, that you know, they're, it's over and they don't have any chances. I mean, I mean it, it's a tough situation coming up with having to sign Lindholm and Vaughn and Anderson and, you know, even Gibson and Raquel and Sekach as well and, and Dupre, having to sign all those guys who are RFAs is going to be difficult. But, you know, there's always ways to work around that. And, you know, he said that the, the core, the you know, the pretty much the core of the team is locked up, you know, barring, I guess, Lindholm and Anderson. I would You would think those would be two main pieces of the core. But, you know, the, the like you said, the cap increases, you know, minimally but increases every year. And, there's also possible trade options if you wanted to move cap. Uh, not too many, like because the core is locked up. You don't want to move too many guys. And you know, Stoner is is one guy who he mentions, and and everybody mentioned as as being a guy who, if there is cap issues, you can either trade him, you know, maybe at the deadline or in the off season or or, or you know something like that to get around three and three point five million dollars off off the cap. But you also got to think too is is just a lot of one year deals, uh, Horkoff and and Stewart and Santarelli and, and you know a lot of these guys are signed to one year deals as well, so their their cap comes off the books next year if they don't get re-signed. So, um, you know I think it'll take some creativity from from management, but you know I'm sure they'll want to re-sign all these guys and and letting an RFA walk, uh, you know, isn't really a realistic option for them. Yeah, I don't think letting the RFAs walk either. Uh, you know, if anything, uh, the Ducks are going to have to try to sign these guys in the off season, as you mentioned. I think the defense is is really the big issue with half of the guys being RFAs next year, and then the goalie situation as well. So, 
I wouldn't put you know Murray past trading somebody uh, sometime soon, at least during the season before the deadline. You know, um, they could make a move as you talked about because letting one of these guys walk would, would not be the smartest thing to do, Eddie. Especially uh, you know with the talent that we have um, on defense and at the goalie position. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you you don't expect the big deal to go to Sekatch or or Cal, you know, maybe a small increase on on their payments or a bridge sort of deal into another contract. And you know, Wagner is a guy who's coming from RFA. You wouldn't expect a big deal from. Um, and, but then you get into to the more expensive guys. Uh, you know, Kadobin's another guy who comes off the block, so that frees up some cap space. But you know, Anderson's only making uh, 1.15 million right now. You would expect him to get a, a pretty big increase if he has another good season. And even if they, you know, if they go on to win the cup, uh, you know, he could demand anything from four to six million. Uh, you know, you would expect that something like that, and that takes a big chunk out. And you know, Lindholm's uh, the next priority guy you'd expect them to sign. You know, then they might have to come in and decide between you know Vatnin and, and Dupre and Gibson. And, you know, the Vatnin could and and Dupre, you know, their their value is 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 kind of vague. You know, the 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 management will have to decide what they want to do with those contracts. And and Gibson's kind of in the same position. He, you know, doesn't have much uh, NHL experience. You know, they could give him a bridge deal, or or he could end up walking if uh, he wants to be paid somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. On, on both fronts, I think you're right on the defense and goalie, and it's something that we're going to have to watch and see develop. Um, you know, because that's where most of the uh, contracts are going to be, uh, you know, ending in next summer and be on the RFA level. So we're going to have to watch and see what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, two. that's the key too, though, is is they are RFA. So you know, you're not in in a, a terribly difficult situation if. You know, if a guy does want to go, or or you can't, you know, really resign them, you you don't lose them for nothing in the end. I mean, you do get to have the chance to trade their rights away, or a longer, like we saw this year with Silverberg and, and Haglin, a, a longer period to work on a contract with them. So they they'll have all this season and and you know into July and August next season to to work on a deal if if they want to get something done. You hit the nail on the head, Eddie. Exactly. I was just going to go into that, so it was perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're RFAs. They're not UFAs. Uh, the Ducks are going to have a lot more options. So uh, I don't think it's a make it or break it year. Uh, the Ducks are going to be good for several years. Um, obviously, we would like them to make it this year because, you know, historically, each year we've gone one more round, Eddie. You know, we've gone from round one to two to the, the conference final. So hopefully we get, you know, the Stanley Cup final. Um the uh, the only other real comment I have is uh, what, what did you think about the new uh, the shirts? You know, some people talked about them. You remember last year um, it was unfinished business, and now uh, some people were asking me about this year. You know, it's cl- uh, close enough is not good enough. Uh, did you like the slogan, um, or do you think they should have maybe come up with something shorter, or uh, you think it's the right mindset for the team? No, uh, I think it's the right mindset. I mean, the, they just they know that they were one game away from the Stanley Cup final, and, and you know, any can anything could happen from there. You know, playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, but uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's uh, it sums up what they they know they have to do this season. I think they know they can get as far as they did last year, and they just got to take that one little extra step forward to to get to that final and have a chance at the Cup. And you know, I think it. It summarizes what everybody thought and, and what everybody thinks the team needs to be able to do. So I, I think it's a, a good slogan for them to have for the whole season. Yeah, I, I thought it was appropriate too because, um, I mean, it's pretty much right there. Close enough is not good enough. I, I, mean, I mean, maybe they could have dropped a word or two, made it a little bit shorter or something. Some people suggested that to me, and I go, well, I mean, that's what it is and makes sense. So 
I think it's the, the appropriate uh, mantra for the team this year, and, and they know what they need to do, and, and some of them have already talked about it. It's just a matter of going and doing it. So um, that's where we'll leave it uh, with the team updates for now and all the fan questions. Um, some other updates for you in, in regards to uh, Ducks and Pucks itself. Um, again, this week we're going to give away uh, some preseason tickets on Facebook. Um, just go to facebook.com slash Ducks and Pucks blog. Um, on Monday, I will post a, another link with the actual photo of the tickets. I received my season tickets finally in the mail, so I will post a picture of them. Uh, we already gave away a pair um, earlier this uh, this month, but we're going to give away another pair. And then also we're going to have our contest, which we're going to start it tonight. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the podcast and you listen to our show, we're, we're doing a similar type of um, uh, contest where each week we'll reveal a word that makes up a, a total phrase. And once all the words are revealed, which will be over the next uh, four shows, uh, you just email that to us, and then we'll basically pick a random person. So the word for this week is going to be ducks. So it's just that's the word ducks, and then uh, we'll give out some more words each show. It'll be in a, a random order, but it'll make up a phrase. And like I said, once we get to the end of those four shows, we'll remind everybody and I'll put out my email out there for you guys to send it to us and get you that information. Um, and one other last exciting news, Eddie, uh, I worked out a deal. We're going to actually have a watch party uh, for some of the games. I don't know how many yet, but I'm, I'm working with um, a restaurant down in the uh, Orange Circle. I don't want to reveal anything yet because it's, it's the parties are going to happen. I just don't know the exact dates and everything and the location is set. But uh, we're going to start doing that uh, a couple this year for the road games, and we'll give away um, shirts and merchandise as well to get people more pumped up. So. Some more good things coming. Um, we keep trying to do more and more stuff. Uh, if you notice, the, the website's more up-to-date uh, as far as mo- mobile functionality and whatnot. Um, updates are coming. It's just taking a little bit longer on, on what I want to do, but that's going to be done too. And uh, just uh, keep up-to-date on everything, and we'll keep you guys uh, where you need to be, and uh, let's go Ducks. Ducks.